Hello and welcome to Once Upon a Storytime. As always, I am the host, Sarah Lindholm. Um, we also have, as usual, have my husband, who is co-host. Andreas Lindholm. And today we have a special guest. Special guest, would you like to introduce yourself? Hello, everyone. I'm Andreas Olander, and I'm an old acquaintance to Andreas. Also my former co-host in the good old cultural journalism days. Yes. yes, those were the days. Yes, this is going to be an interesting episode. We have two Andreases, so it's double the trouble. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just kidding. So, where are we, darling? Today. Now, you may notice that the audio quality is significantly better than usual. And that is because we are at Radio Feris, which is where Andreas, not my husband Andreas, but <laughs> guest Andreas works. He is one of the radio hosts. And it's... Radio Feris is where Andreas, my husband, used to work. It's actually in a different studio now. Yes. Yes. Yes, we moved. Yes. And they have very nice equipment and I'm slightly intimidated by it. <laughs> so, what are we discussing today, darling? We are going to venture into the world of role play. <sighs> yes. We decided that roleplay would be a really good topic to talk about. So, Andreas, do you want to say a little bit about... Number one, how would you describe roleplaying? Well, I would say it's like sit down with your friends and uh, a story time. Yeah. yeah. Each one gets a character, except for the game master, yep. who keeps the story going. And uh, the players, um, usually about... Two to five persons mm -hmm. uh, act as their character should act. Yep. And decides what actions the characters take. Yes. Mm. So. You're telling a story together. Yeah. Which I think is a really like big thing for um, being able to be creative and being able to like come up with an idea and run with it and just see where it goes which is always kind of interesting how did you start role playing well i was uh, intrigued i had a two-year-older friend mm. who uh, wanted who i usually played with it was my neighbor and his friend uh, he was 10 at the time and they said uh, we're going to this uh, person to play uh, some kind of game. And I was like, all right, I'll go, I'll go with you. So I was eight at the time. Mm. And uh, we played a horror game called Shock. Oh. Uh, yes. It's What's very old. <laughs> and, and it was uh, a story based in England, in the moor. Oh. Moors, um, and uh, there was this uh, haunted house oh, uh, with a mm. big black dog that was uh, eating people, oh. and that I was scared scary. like <laughs> it was amazing. <laughs> and uh, and from that time I was hooked, uh, which started playing uh, like uh, Star Wars mm -hmm. and. Uh, uh, a Swedish uh, version of uh, Dungeons and Dragons called uh, Drakar och Demoner. Mm -hmm. yeah. uh, and uh, that was like in 90. Yeah, 1990. Yeah. I think we, we really got the, the playing going. And, uh, so that's about 30 years ago. Yeah, that's wow. strange. And uh, I still play, actually. Uh, I have played uh, through the, the years. Uh, sometimes more, sometimes less. Uh, I got mm -hmm. kids, then uh, yep. I could play as much as I wanted. But uh, hey, kids take priority. Uh, and then now they are a bit older. They are like 
9, 10, 11. And we're starting playing, actually. Nice. You're like the Swedish comedian Anders Jansson. He started in that age with his kids to do GMing for his kids. Yeah, they are like... uh, bonkers (laughs) bonkers <laughs> they're no they have no concept of so, w- w- letting others take turns stage. of course yeah, so everyone wants to do everything all the time <laughs> and uh, they won't accept the uh, die rolls that says that they fail they but i'm going to do it again <laughs> so what game you what games are you playing with them or is it mainly D and D? Uh, it's a fantasy game called Sagospelet um, Aventure. Um, it's like okay. the, the fairy tale game adventure. Uh, <laughs> it's uh, yes. for kids. So it's uh, very simple rules, and they have uh, uh, if you're going to look for a key, for example, in the room, they say, let's hide this token of a key in the room. And if they find it, they oh. will find it. Oh, that's cool. I like that idea. So take the play into the, mm. the room. So it's like interactive. Yeah, and it's not just sitting and looking at the table. Yeah, I yeah. like that. They that's actually a really good way to involve kids, I think. Yeah. I like think so uh, uh, the MLP. Yes. Um, so I happen to have... a. Um, there's a role play for there. There's an unofficial role play for My Little Pony called oh. Tales of Equestria. I happen to have the um, DM, the 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 manual for it. Nice one. Thanks. Mm. Um, I bought it when I was back in England. I've played it once. So it's it's reasonably fine. It's it's a decent game, but. Um, it's very much you're trying to get the players to think about what they want to do and how they want to act towards um, the different characters and stuff like that. And it does actually, um, like the first adventure in the book um, involves briefly the um, like the main six from the um, series. Mm-hmm. And then it's you guys. <laughs> Mm. On your own with multiple pets, um, including um, if people watch um, if people watch My Little Pony, it includes Angel Bunny, who's really difficult to get to be really nice and friendly and stuff <laughs> because well, it's Angel. <laughs> mm. um, but it it's quite it, it's um, Andreas has actually my Andreas has actually considered playing it um spoiler alert andreas as in my husband andreas is not a big role player um he struggles with it because he because he can't necessarily visualize what's going on and that there are ways around that do we want to discuss that (laughs) Yeah, actually, I I um, use um, pictures. I've uh, like uh, drawn ver- lots of uh, strange uh, <laughs> pictures w- w- that I made with my kids when mm, they yeah. were smaller, when nice. they were going to bed. I said, "I'm going to paint something. You're going to tell me something. Uh, whisper, whisper to me, so the other ones do- doesn't hear." And then I will. Makes uh, a picture from the. I have three kids, so the three things they say I will make into a picture. Um, And it's always like poo, unicorns, (laughs) maybe a a teddy or something like that. uh, The the things they say, uh, I use it to create um, a picture. And then now when when we play the role playing games, I use those pictures. As you meet a, sp- a very special person, so then I take the, <laughs> the picture. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, this is a, a teddy bear with poo on its head. <laughs> uh, yeah, he's, he's out walking in the streets at night. <laughs> but to be fair, I have no problems with the hybrid games that we've been playing, which basically are role play but disguised into a board game. Mm. Mm-hmm. There actually seems to be quite a 
I wouldn't say resurgence of that because it's like it's a relatively new thing but one of the things I have noticed is there's a lot of board games that are basically like role playing yeah. type games mm. where you've got to go and do stuff and uh, we actually bought a new one fairly recently called time stories we played it yeah Tuesday. we did and Reyes isn't going to play it again because reasons <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but, yeah um but it the was images are quite disturbing <laughs> which is absolutely fine Not because it's in an asylum <laughs> Yeah, it's a little bit kind of like, okay, this guy is dancing around and you dance around with him. And after a while, you get really, your feet start hurting <laughs> and stuff like that. But it's very but kind it, of... It was a very cool gaming experience. Mm. Mechanic, the game mechanics in that game yeah. was very interesting. Yeah, it was. Mm. But we it. also have Tales of the Arabian Nights. Tales is a bigger game. It's more storytelling based. There's a few. So the main element is you're given a character from Tales of the Arabian Nights and you're trying to get so many points to get back to Baghdad. But it's more about, okay, you are faced with this person. What are you going to do? Are you going to steal from them? Are you going to bow to them? Are you going to comfort them? And what are you going to do? It's, it's, it feels more like a choose-your-own-adventure in board game form. Yeah. Which... It's uh, role-playing light, you can say. Yeah. That's a good way of describing it. Um, to change the subject a little bit... Um, one of the things that I, has always struck me um, is nowadays there seems to be a lot of like role play streaming shows. Like off the top of my head, you've got Critical Role, you've got there's one called D and D and D, which is Dungeons and Dragons and Dinner, <laughs> where they eat food and play D and D, which is always kind of interesting. Yeah. Um, there's oh, um, I'm just trying to think. There's a number of them that have been done by like College Humor and stuff like that. Yeah. Do you think that like these streaming shows that we've now got have affected the way that people see role play? Yeah. Definitely, it made. Uh, I think it makes uh, people want to play more, uh, mm. and uh, the way they see others play mm. is the the way they are going to want to play it themselves. Of course, uh, it might might even streamline the role playing mm. experience a bit. Do you, hmm, do we think that this is? necessarily always a good thing uh, no i don't think so <laughs> but but it's um, it doesn't have to be a bad thing this is either. true um, it's just uh, it's like when when you you set out to create a role-playing experience for the players then you might want to think about how to use the expected to get a wow experience. Mm. So I usually don't play the way <laughs> they play because uh, well, when you're playing with kids, you have to go around things like what happens if I haven't done anything in 15 minutes, then I just want to stop playing and maybe jump on the trampoline for a while. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, definitely. Yeah. So um, when the first thing you you have to learn is to don't read the texts out loud and make the the characters uh, tell uh, the other characters what's happening instead of you mm. narrating a, a text. For, for example, Th that's a very good way to involve players um, and. Uh, 
like using pictures, uh, which is uh, w when when you play a uh, role playing game in radio, you can't use maps for uh, for. Uh, there's no one to see. So you can say, uh, I'm going from here to there, mm. and then I will, uh, oh, then I should be in range. Because the listeners won't, won't know what you're talking about. Yeah. Yep. That actually makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Um, so, so you have to adapt to, to the listeners or viewers, mm. and, uh, and that will make the storytelling uh, different from... Yeah perhaps when you just sit at home <laughs> with your friends. And uh, you will also have to have a lot of progression yeah. all the time. Yeah. You can't just sit in two hours and plan what are we going to have packed on a donkey. Because <laughs> <laughs> that, that was what I did last time I played. That's awful <laughs> for anyone listening but but how how long do you have how much food do you have to take with you if you're going to uh, an excavation trip into the darkest forest where there's lots of monsters mm. you can't go uh, close to the water because there most of the monsters will be uh, where there's water to drink yep so so you have to then we have to bring a lot of water and one liter of water weighs one kilo of course yeah. and the, the the donkey can oh <laughs> handle dear. around 80 kilos perhaps okay <laughs> so, and so that 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 was one night of role playing oh. <laughs> <laughs> no one's going to want to listen to it no no, no. <laughs> that, that's not no. not so you want the the traveling uh, yeah the, the, that when you're playing you don't want the, the boring path. You want the, the action-packed path with mm. with uh, lots of scares and uh, yeah. fun stuffs. And what I thought about, isn't there something quite similar to the old-time text adventures that you used to have on the computer? I'm thinking of, like, the old Infocom Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy or Stuvigan. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, Perhaps. Uh, Text adventures were basically an early form of computer mm. games where you yeah. only had... Go north, enter. Yes. You <laughs> appear in a dark room with a big troll coming towards you. Oh my Use God. sword <laughs> of plus one light. It does absolutely nothing. <laughs> No, yeah. um, I used to play them occasionally, and Granny's Garden. Oh, goodness, <laughs> we found an old Apple game ages ago. We managed to. It wasn't Apple. It was. No, it was from your school, the it, school computers in Britain, the old BBC yeah. Acorn. Yeah, right. and BBC they had a thing Micro. called Granny's Garden on there, and it was basically like. The simplest puzzle adventure ever. Um, it's like you've got these dragons and they only eat certain things. <laughs> and you have to feed them certain things because otherwise they're going to set you on fire or something <laughs> like that. It's kind of ridiculous. Awesome. But also, like, <sighs> yeah, kind of fun as the well. The whole thing with that game ended up being me having to download it for the C64 Instead, yeah. because I couldn't get the BBC Micro emulation working. Which was fine, but it's just really, really simple stuff. Um, like, it also reminds me of the Choose Your Own Adventure books. Yeah. Um, yes. I actually have one. I have the Warlock of Firetop Mountain. And mm. that was one of the first, like, books that I... One of the first, like, Choose Your Own Adventure books that I owned. We had a few other ones scattered around at home. Mm. But I decided at one point that I was going to make a map of it. And then wanted to turn it into, like, a proper role-play game version of it. And that 
kind of uh, it, that's still waiting to happen. Yeah. Um, I also have some of those books uh, like Lone Wolf and yeah. um, actually I have one called Timeless Horror. Uh, it's in the world of shock. The same game oh. that I played oh. when I was eight. <laughs> shock, yes. Wasn't that published by Aventyrspel? <laughs> yes, it was. Uh. Yeah. We reviewed the book on the old show called Finna Dolda Ting, Finding Hidden Objects, which uh. is about the Swedish history of role-playing and role-playing games, actually, yeah. which is really fascinating. Huh. And so... And it takes a quite pop cultural angle on it, so... It's a good book. Yeah. Do you want to tell me about it? <laughs> it's basically a, a attempt to write a Swedish history of early roleplay while people are still alive. Oh. From different publishers, like... Uh, the whole American scene and the British scene are quite well documented, but mm. there's there wasn't really never written a book about it and the early history. No. Oh, so they basically did a book on Galago called Finna Dolda Ting, which I reviewed back then and found very interesting. Because there were there were even a confirmation role-playing game developed. Really? Yeah. By the Swedish Lutheran Church. Interesting. So roleplay over here wasn't as, let's say, divisive as like... It was. It was oh. Yeah, you even had roleplay associ associated murders. Oh, goodness. <laughs> now, that wasn't actually... <laughs> That might be the book exaggerating yeah, as well, well of course. <laughs> more like um, mental health issues and... Um, yeah. Um, mm. Okay. But um, th there was this book called uh, uh, The Army of the... Do you have you know The Army. Yeah, I know which book you mean. Yes. It was written by the Arnstedt, um, and it was like um, telling parents, if you let your uh, kids play, they're going to hell. And, okay. Uh, and it actually made uh, the Swedish uh, security uh, sapo. Uh, the Swedish MI6. Yeah. They, they made a register of all uh, active role players in Sweden oh, because they might be they, they are active and they are gathering and they don't they, they don't have a political ag agenda so they might be up to anything <gasps> and they are training like they are live, live role playing and um, training to be like Killing machines, perhaps. <gasps> <laughs> Let's get them under wraps. <laughs> <laughs> but I just this whole debate changed quite a bit if you come to the early 20th, Yeah, and did Ernst that uh, also said she was paid money to, to write that book. <laughs> yeah. Ah. yeah it was the same thing going on in the Swedish evangelical church at the time. <laughs> the criticism regarding heavier rock music. <laughs> yep. Books yep. like <laughs> Dina Harpus Buller <laughs> by Thomas Arnroth. He's written a book about his experience of becoming an ex-evangelical. <laughs> okay. So, like... From what I understand, the evangelical church over here is quite... Was quite conservative. The okay. Swedish Christian metal scene has always been quite big, to be mm. fair. You like, Christian rock, you like Christian rock stuff, I know that. <laughs> yeah. um, you, should see, you should hear some of the stuff he listens to. <laughs> I think I, I even have the band shirt for one of the bands we interviewed on the show. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Back in the days, today, so yeah, safe right. mode. Oh, nice. Oh, yes, I've seen that shirt, I think. 
Yeah. I think you've still got it somewhere. Um, I got it on me today. Of course you have. <laughs> yeah. No, but also I think something that really have contributed to the normalization of roleplay, World of Warcraft. Mm. And the role Baldur's Gate, etc., etc. Yeah, it's a it's a, a big genre in uh, in gaming also, mm. and uh, they are making lots of games with actual role playing rules in it. Yes, like yes. Baldur's Gate. It's um, uh, second edition Dungeons and Dragons. Yes. Yes, of course it is. My brother used um, my brother used to play Baldur's Gate when it, when I was younger. Um, my brother's a couple of years older than me, but um, he used to play a lot of co- uh, like computer based role playing games yeah. like um, Baldur's Gate, um, Neverwinter Night. I think it was Neverwinter yeah. Nights. Isn't that um, an Elder Scrolls one? No, no that's actually um, that's roll. That's DN- That's another D and D Forgotten Realm. Yeah. That's a Forgotten Realms one. <laughs> I think that's the first uh, that took pl- that used the third edition rules. Yeah. Okay. Um, but you've got a lot. You. It's interesting how much like media kind of blends into each other because. Like you were saying, you've got like you've got the text-based role-play games, but you've also got like the interactive ones that you get on the computer. Um, you've got ones that come in a box and um, encourage you to like explore and move around and yeah. do stuff like that. Yeah, and it's it's definitely like. I wouldn't say that roleplay's gone like mainstream, but it's not as nerdy as it was. Yeah, definitely. No, um, it's uh, it's been approved by society. Well, <laughs> perhaps kind of maybe for some people at least. It's not like it's not it's not like you're going to go straight to hell because you've been playing role playing games now. But at the same time, there are still people who I've heard horror stories. <laughs> I've heard horror stories on Reddit about um, parents who um, um, parents who, when they discover their child's been given a role playing book as a birthday present, go and try and kill them because they're because they've been given a role playing go- book and it's evil and it's horrible and it's so so bad. I- <gasps> I actually think role playing is a good hobby in that aspect because it mm. it you can turn out the violence inside you inside the game instead of going beating one someone mm. up yeah. in the streets so per se yeah and in my youth I had a lot of uh, social anxiety and uh, w- when I started uh, live role playing larping uh, I got to experience lots of uh, situations in a way that I could say, no, it's it's not me, it's my character that's uh, making all these strange choices. And that actually made me train in social situations and overcome yeah. my social anxiety. So it's it was a healing kind yeah. of thing for me, just to play and to... to use something positive for me to mm. break a negative uh, side of myself into something better. Yeah. And I know that you've done quite a fair bit of LARPing as well. <laughs> yes, of course. I was even um, one of the... Um, I mean, the, the people that... Uh, arranged... arranged um, Vampire so LARPing in, in Uppsala for about five or six years. Nice. They even had a very cool website <laughs> for <laughs> it. So. Yes. Uh, it's, it's down now. Oh, it's, that's um, a shame. Uh, well, it, we, we played for like 15 years, I think. Oh, goodness. No, 13, perhaps. It's, 
started in 97 i think and uh, and the, it was the same story from the start to the beginning so every second sunday nice. you meet and you take on the role of your vampire and then you go and scheme and plan stuff and meet with other vampires and yeah. it was like uh, a re- really old drama series on, <laughs> yeah. on television it was like days or lives or something but with vampires. <laughs> <laughs> It's really cool that you managed to keep it going for that long. Yeah, it was really, really cool, actually. That must have been fun. Yeah. Um, I used to do role-playing. I used to do LARP back when I was at university. And it was the simplest system I'd ever come across, and I really liked it. And then I moved back to Bath. Um, Bath is where I used to live before I moved to Uppsala. And... Their role play was way more complicated, so I, um, so I ended up not hanging around for that, unfortunately. Um, but it was definitely, to a certain extent, it was cathartic, and yeah. to a certain extent, it helped me realize where my passions lie. Um, lay. That's the word I'm looking for, um, yeah. which was good because, like. If I hadn't realised where my passions were at the t- um, at the time, um, I don't think I'd be here. To mm. be honest, I think. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yes. Um, to change the subject slightly, um, obviously you're a fan of D and D. Yeah. Um, I've played every every version of it, <laughs> including four. Yeah, and oh, I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that's the general response from most people who've played D and D. I love. I've played at, at four. The time, <laughs> at the time, you could also play a Pathfinder. It was like yeah. uh, three point seventy five. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yes, it's like three with extra bits, and it's yeah. slightly different. It's different enough that we can call it something different, but it's still kind of D and D. Yeah, it's very D and D. Yes, and very very much like we don't really like the, the fourth version, so yeah. we're going to make a better one. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Which I think is hilarious, but it's also kind of fun. Mm-hmm. Um, you've mentioned a lot of different, like a lot of different role plays other than D and D. Which would you say, other than D and D, and maybe Pathfinder, would be your favorites? Right now. Yeah. Um, there's a Swedish Swedish role-playing game called Symbarum, okay. which is um, the one that I'm playing right now. Um, I don't actually play much D&D at the time. I have a campaign here at work um, nice. where we play, and, um, and the, but D&D is off the table right now. So, so Symbarum uh, is from the, the Free League, or... Fria Ligan, that's yeah. called in Swedish. And uh, it's a real nice, high epic uh, into the swamps of uh, despair. Oh, uh, goodness. So it's a um, very dark world with um, um, corruption and um, both in the magic of the world mm. and in the systems of the societies. Yeah, cool. So, and a um, very good campaign, actually. So good. We've okay. been playing for like four years now, I think. That's quite impressive. Yeah, but it's, uh, you have to count the two years of pandemic. Of <laughs> we can't meet. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. So, so it's four years with a time skip. <laughs> yes, which makes sense. I mean, yeah. do we think that, do we think that the pandemic affected like role play brought it more online and stuff yeah definitely and um, i actually think i need the the to meet people the the social bit in gets a bit uh, 
less uh, interesting in uh, online meeting room. Yeah. Mm. Somehow. Can't touch people. You can't really change uh, snacks with each other. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You can't can't, uh, go away and just uh, chit chat with someone that you just haven't met in a while. So it's um, mm. some yeah. parts of the the role playing is uh, lost in that way. Uh, much l- m- my daughter played guitar, mm. and she has uh, just like me. She has uh, so, some kind of attention deficit disorder. Yep. Um, and when when the lessons got to be on the screen. She was like, "Oh, what's that in the room?" Yeah, she she couldn't yeah. really concentrate anymore. So it's. Yeah. Um, I get that. <laughs> and I, I have the same disorder. So. <laughs> yep. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so it's going to be hard. It's going to be harder if it's not a physical thing. Yeah, definitely. Mm. You, you can't immerse yourself in the same way. I get that. Mm. Yes. Yeah. Now, we've basically covered almost all my que- all the questions I had written down, which I think is quite impressive. Um, the final question I've got written down. Hmm? Recommendations for people who don't normally role play, <laughs> i.e. my husband. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, just... um, I think it's... Uh, if you should try something, then you should find a role play... Um, much like your Tales of Questria. Yeah. You're uh, you're some kind of brony, I think. And that's excellent for you. Thank so you. I think perhaps um, a game about music making or uh, yeah, um, something like that. You have to yeah. find the the correct the path yeah. that, uh, to kind of bring them in. Yeah. Actually I've been searching for if they have been starting to de- someone have started to develop something in the myth universe. That would be excellent for you. Yeah. Or perhaps uh, tales from the loop could Ooh. be a th- something. It's like a, a sw- it's a Swedish game with uh, a, which, which surrounds uh, or around the uh, artist uh, paintings of robots in this in the Swedish 70s uh, yeah. setting okay. so it's a very special kind of of uh, role play i think and um, set in sweden and with a yeah. some kind of part- part- particle accelerator yeah. that creates some uh, kind of yeah. special place where things start to happen or one that would be even cooler to do would be a role play based on Starship Titanic. I don't know if you heard about that game. No. It's it's a an old FMV um, game that was written by Douglas Adams. Does that say anything? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's basically a video game based on a novel by Douglas Adams. And his universe is so quirky that it... Yeah, so it's like if you're trying to throw yourself into the ground and you do not succeed, <laughs> that's how you start to fly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that you, ha- you really have to suck. <laughs> yep. <laughs> that's, that's the best way to learn to fly. Yeah. Mm. No, but... I've seen that there is a missed board game now coming. Oh. We'll just <laughs> see if it gets distribution in Europe. Yeah. It would be nice if it did. Is it being kickstarted? I haven't gotten the full details. It's right. just that Cyan just announced it. Yeah. Ah, so. It, but it's they're not. Um, Cyan was actually one of the first gaming companies to use Kickstarter for Obduction, I think it was, in 2014. They were among the first gaming companies that used Kickstarter. Okay. That's always kind of interesting. And they also used Kickstarter for the big anniversary edition of Myst, which included some weird electronic device. Mm. (laughs) 
I like that. Some weird electronic device. <laughs> yeah, both me and my friend Josef looked at it, but none of us could afford it. Yeah. That always sucks. Yeah. Yes. Because you had to pitch in over a hundred dollars. Stuff like that's always kind of expensive, and much as Kickstarter Kickstart has always been a really good way for like creating board games and raising money and stuff like that, um, but the limitations of it is that you can only use it for one-off projects. You can't have it as a regular like. A thing like Patreon, yeah. and um, like if you can't really afford to do it, then y- you can still follow along. But it's um, like, uh, am I making any sense? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. that's good. <laughs> so yes. Oh, but I wouldn't be surprised if Cyan goes to Kickstarter with that board game, but. I really, uh, that sounds like something that we would probably end up owning at some point, wouldn't it, darling? Yes. Yes. Well, obviously. (laughs) Am I hinting enough? Oh, yeah, (laughs) you definitely are. I mean, this is one of the first board games that you've actually talked about with any kind of enthusiasm. That's the thing you need to find in role-playing, actually, I think. Uh, Find that part of it in in the role play, and then you're good to go. Yeah. Then he will, uh, you will want to stop, and he will just more, more, <laughs> more, more. <laughs> no, yes. but actually, I've been thinking about why has no one done like a role play out of the Mist universe? Because the whole storyline is a bit D and D ish or role playing ish. Mm-hmm. It's just that the tech. Isn't myth uh, where uh, uh, there's no other people in? Yeah. No, there's no there's no one else in the universe. Well, well, that changes actually. So through the game series, you go from no one to to you meet, especially in the fifth game, you meet. I think it's like five or six different people. Yeah. Wow. That's pro. That's definitely progress. For those of you who don't know what we're talking about, Mist was one of the first totally computer-generated, like puzzle it's a franchise. It's base. A, it's a franchise. It's it's a puzzle-based franchise. You have to look at different codes and stuff, and yeah. there's um. Like you're looking for particular things, and there's p- puzzles everywhere, like so many puzzles. And it, Mist has even gone so far that there are a lot of memes about it. Like, I've been standing here for two hours by this switch, and I don't know what it's doing. <laughs> <laughs> no, but yes. actually, the fourth and the fifth game really has a lot of human interaction between players and they even nice. tried in the they closed the universe with the fifth game but then mm. there is Uru which actually was online for a while so okay. they did an online thing of it in the end mm. that's cool which is yeah that sounds kind of cool so so yes but so I mean I had a lot of friends in my childhood that played RPGs on the computer especially games like Might and Magic and Lands of Law yeah. yes one of the best um, computer generated uh, role playing games uh, is uh, called Arcane it's I've a heard of it. it's I a world um, where you can pl- you can go either full magic or full technology and uh, there's a steampunk era nice yeah and uh, the world is standing on the point of um, massive industrialization which would also remove all magic from the world (gasps) and uh, there's wood elves and uh, magicians that's trying to fight it yeah and um, you play as a character that gets to to the point where where you you can um, uh, you can do 
almost anything in the world. And even the, the fight at the end with the big bad guy, um, you can talk to him and he will surrender. <gasps> so you, you, you actually don't need to fight anyone oh. in the game if you don't want to. That well. sounds like the ending of Mist Free Exile, where you're basically bargaining with the... With... Mm. That sounds like Undertale as well. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Undertale is a fantastic yeah. trip. <laughs> we actually like saw a Netflix show where they did a marvelous steampunk cake creation. Which one was that, darling? Is it is it cake? <laughs> no, oh, we've been we've act, I've actually watched the whole of Is It Cake and it's such a good series. <laughs> I haven't. Yes, I know you haven't, darling. <laughs> but it's a like um, no. Go on. I was wrong. It was in Lego Masters. You had this couple. One oh. of them was on uh, uh, two friends. One of them was on the spectrum. And they built a steampunk Lego palace. Oh, that must have been really cool, though. <laughs> Just as an aside, obviously. No, um, incidentally, as an aside, if you can, go and watch Is It Cake. It's an awesome series. Um, they, make, they make cake, but it doesn't look like cake. It looks like actual objects. Which I think is really, really cool and it's fun and I really like it. So, yes. To be talking about pop cultural references, if you look at the band Metallica, the early Metallica has a lot of role play references. Huh. Especially to the Arkham universe. Oh, yes. Mm. Arkham's kind of in. Arkham's one of those interesting ones that um, I've heard about. But I haven't really done anything with it, mainly out of consideration to you, darling. <laughs> you and Michael can play Arkham Asylum at some point. Not my, not my favourite things. Um, I'll be honest. Arkham Horror is something I've heard about, and Ar like Arkham, as in Batman Arkham Asylum, is yeah interesting. But yeah. But isn't it Arkham? Uh Arkham Horror is from Call of Cthulhu. Yes. And Arkham Asylum is Batman. Yeah. But there's also an uh, Arkham Asylum in Call of Cthulhu. It's a horrible yes. place in both worlds. Quite. Mm. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's, it, it's quite... Call of Cthulhu seems to have kind of... Not quite risen up from the ashes, but... Risen from the depths, which I think is an appropriate way to describe <laughs> Cthulhu. Um, I've actually read one of Cthulhu's, uh, not H.P. Um, Lovecraft's story about the colour out of space. And I'll be honest, I got bored because it was kind of like, okay, well, this is this supposed to be scary? Because it's talking about colours that nobody can see and it disappears mm. and just... Yeah, it's kind of like, okay, well, that happened. <laughs> I know that that sounds really bad, but it was like, okay, well, that wasn't really scary, scary. And what you haven't realized is that I've been playing quite a lot of an old uh, turn-based strategy game that actually has a lot of role play in it. Mm -hmm. okay. Heroes of Might and Magic franchise. Because it's basically mixed up the might and magic universe. Okay. Mm -hmm. So you have a lot of the creatures and stuff, but it's turn-based. Well, technically, role uh, like D&D &D um, is technically turn-based as well. So. <laughs> yeah. Technically. Anyway, we're getting on for nearly an hour. We've been talking about this, which <laughs> I think is absolutely great. But I think we probably need to kind of draw this to a close. So yeah. any last thoughts from either of you? If you haven't played any role-playing games, you should try it. Uh, mm. It's actually quite um, um, a fun way to, to get along with friends. Yeah. And also... Um, being with others 
and uh, socializing within rules can also be a, quite a good way to make it, yeah. to do it. Definitely. That's why a lot of people on the spectrum role plays because it's a fixed setting. Which is quite nice. You yeah. can predict the way people behave to mm. a certain extent. And everyone gets their turn. Yes. Which is always good. Darling, anything to say? I think I've been a bit unfair towards <laughs> role playing <laughs> here. He admits it. I'm teasing, darling, you know that. I mean, do you remember the first episode where I was... Ba- first time we tried to record this episode. Oh, goodness, you would... You just... We've... we've little bit of a spoiler, we've actually tried to record this episode about... This is about the fourth time. No, it's the third. Oh, sorry, it's the third. And you were just not happy about it at all. To be fair, I had a completely different guest on for that one, and we realised he probably wasn't going to work with him. <laughs> he was a Basically, of he more or less pushed me into a corner. Yeah, mm. which is not what we wanted, so... <laughs> Um, so, but yes. This episode I felt worked out really well, but it's also because I know that you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we know each other. Yes, <laughs> which, which definitely helps, I think. Yeah. So, for my final, my final thoughts, if you haven't given roleplay a chance, give it a chance. It's, there is so much out there Roleplay-wise, to explore other than just like D and D or World of Darkness or anything like that. Aberrant. Aberrant. Thank you, darling. And it's worth just taking the time to explore. Find one that suits yeah. you. That's the biggest advice I'd give. Find one that suits you and just go and enjoy it. Anyway, myself and Andreas, my husband Andreas, will be back probably next month with another episode. I do not want to know what it's going to be on. No. But it will be on something to do with storytelling as usual. And uh, we also want to say thank you oh, for having us over. Thank you. <laughs> It's been lovely for loaning your time (laughs) and your studio. It's been lovely being able to record in a really nice, um, um, in a really nice, comfortable space. Yes. Thank you for having me. Not a problem. It's been it's absolute pleasure. All right. Bye. Bye.